The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. No quiet quitting here. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Welcome to it. Action-packed hour. Coming up, just a second away from the week in review. What happens when somebody retires and then they go back to work? Lots of questions about that from our clients. What does that do to your Social Security? We're going to dig in on that. Ask Annex coming up. Talking about liquidity, where to park short-term house sale proceeds over contributing to a 401k, foreign investment allocations, and something called the FIRE movement. I'm Danny Clayton, Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer. Welcome. Thanks, Danny. Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to you. Yeah, thanks, Danny. A lot of news worldwide, of course, especially in the UK, where we saw a new prime minister, the death of a queen, and the coronation of a king all in one week. Really mind-boggling to think about that. But you know, think about what else is happening over there in Europe, and that's, of course, an energy crisis, and we're keeping an eye on that. But let's shift our attention to the U.S. markets for a moment. The Dow Jones and S&P 500 were up about 1.5% on Friday, and that was welcome news because it broke a streak of about three weeks of losing weeks in a row, Derek. Right. Well, we mentioned last week that the, the market had retraced a significant portion of its advance from the June lows, and, and that, that was about a 60% uh, retracement. But generally speaking, the markets close very strongly, actually. S&P up almost 4%, NASDAQ and small caps up 4 and interest rates rose modestly to 3.3 on the 10-year. Yeah, that's really good news. And we saw some stabilization, particularly in the 10-year. And we see the VIX, which is a measure of fear, actually started to come down. And the S&P 500 trading in a range of around 3,900 to 4,100, which means that all eyes will shift again onto the Federal Reserve. You know, we've talked about this for a long time and for a reason. We thought for sure that the Federal Reserve was making a mistake by telling us that inflation was transitory. You and I talked about this nearly a year and a half ago. We thought it was not transitory. That was more sticky. Well, there is good news coming up, and we expect an inflation report in the next week or so who will tell us that perhaps we have seen peak inflation. Yeah, we're going to get the CPI next Tuesday. Uh, expectation is it will be a more moderate number. Uh, in, in other words, a smaller year-over-year increase than we saw the the prior month. And all this past week, we heard from various Fed committee members, including Chairman Powell, suggesting that, you know, they were willing to inflict pain, as he had mentioned at Jackson Hole. They soft-pedaled it a little bit by acknowledging that they do understand there is a risk that they could go too far in terms of raising interest rates. But they also said they're not going to rely on a single data point. They're going to want to see a trend in the moderation of inflation, not just one month better than the prior month. Well, I'll tell you, that has really caught a lot of attention in my circles, for sure, because because this inflicting pain, Derek, is a lot of people have brought that up to me. And what do they mean by it? And does that mean that there will be another policy mistake on top of what they did last year? Because they have been late to the game. And I think people need to understand what inflict that pain is. Number one, raising interest rates by the Federal Reserve has been the number one cause of recession in the history of this country. But when they're talking about pain, they're talking about raising the unemployment rate from its current rate of in the mid threes 
maybe up to 5 or 6%. That is a lot of lost jobs in this country. Yeah, Larry Summers has talked about that 5 or 6% number. I have a feeling that the Fed will blink far before we get to those types of numbers. But either way, no matter how you slice it, the best way to reduce aggregate demand is to basically cause the wage, wage market, wage pressures to diminish and unemployment to rise. And the Fed has yet to accomplish either objective at this point. You know, think about that, and that is certainly will make uh, eyebrows go up, Danny, especially because we think about when unemployment rates go up, where do we think that's going to happen? And that could be a social question as well, because some of those lower-level jobs are, are going to be the jobs that are lost. Do you think any of this quiet quitting is going to lead to that? I mean, do you feel that this is actually happening? There was a Gallup study this week that said 50% of people are kind of quiet quitting yep. around our place. I don't know how we could. I mean, yeah. it's just we're, we're busy all the time and we're, and we're, we're measured and they're, you know, we, we've got output for our clients. Right. There's no question. And so when they talk about quiet quitting, that's a whole nother conversation that we can have. But Derek, here in the last 30 seconds or so, we did see a good week. What does it look like going forward? Well, as I mentioned, CPI next Tuesday, that's going to be obviously a very important uh, number. And then the following week, the FOMC is going to meet on September 20th and 21st. Right now, uh, the Fed Funds Futures believe there's roughly an 80% probability we'll see a 75 basis point hike on the 24th of September, which would get the Fed funds rate to 3.25, which is above what they consider to be a neutral rate. Derek Felsky, our chief investment officer. Dave Spano is our president and CEO. Annex Wealth Management, we've got them for the rest of the hour, but we've got some great team segments as well, because that's how this place is built. It's one team, it's one plan, and one fee. The team handles investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary, but the teams are built to take care of what it is that you need. If it's investment, we've got a committee for that. Retirement planning, our wealth managers. Tax planning, our tax planning team. Our estate planning team. You've heard them over the years on this show, and we can help for you now. Head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Sunday, September 11th. We're going to take a quick break, but we are going to be right back. 92.5 Fox News. Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may wonder if your retirement plans are still on track. Annex Wealth Management can help. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, our in-house planning team will create your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric will help you understand the impact inflation may have on your plans. Get started today. Visit AnnexWealth.com. We're back. Quick reminder, check out our brand new SWAT podcast, members of the Annex Wealth Management Investment Team. That is fresh every Monday morning. Digs in deep on the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, and the threats. You can get that on the Annex Wealth Management Spotify channel. If you're looking for some great learning videos that Annex Wealth Management created, we've got over 1,500 on the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer in the studio. Dave Spano is our President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, Danny. I do want to go back to a conversation that Derek and I were having in this last segment that we just did. And that is something very important where, where Derek said that the Fed may blink before that. 
an important statement. I want to dig deep on that. So the Federal Reserve needs to raise interest rates to combat inflation. And they have two jobs, a dual mandate. One is price stability, that's inflation control. And the second, of course, is maximum employment, and that's pe- keeping jobs out there. If they want the unemployment rate to go up, that's not maximum employment anymore. So they're off of that job and onto the inflation job. And so they're going to try to do that by raising rates. And, and Derek, if they do that, that's going to inflict pain on the economy. Well, I mean, you know, when I think about over the last, you know, 20 years, we used to talk about full employment being around 5%. Well, this time, you know, we got unemployment down to 3.5%, a 50-year low during the Trump administration, and also, again, during the Biden administration. So whether the unemployment rate is 3.5 or 4.5, to my way of thinking, that is as close to full employment as you can get. And perhaps by reducing demand and, and having that unemployment rise just a little bit, these inflationary pressures which in many ways are just as ne- a big a negative for the labor force as an unemployment rate, they'll ameliorate and people actually be making money in real terms when you adjust for inflation. Well, and I just want to put that out there because that is going to become a hot social question because for every point that the unemployment rate goes up, you're talking about 1.5 to 1.6 million jobs. Mm. So if it's going to go up 2 or 3%, you guys can do the math uh, while you're driving down the street. It could be 4 or 5 million jobs lost in and it's going to be in particular areas of the economy. So let's go back to what my point was, is that they may blink. And what we mean by that is they're going to raise rates, as you expect, 75 basis points in the upcoming meeting. And then they may pause, become data dependent if the inflation number gets better. I mean, Chairman Powell's uh, performance has, has really been you know, almost virtuoso-like in a sense, because what he does is he doesn't just raise rates, he also jawbones. And he talks rates higher, he talks with aggressive rhetoric, he did in Jackson Hole, and he has subsequent to that. And at the end of the day, what he's trying to do is affect inf- inflationary expectations on the parts of consumers and businesses. He doesn't want people to believe that inflation is here and here to stay. He wants people to believe it's temporary and that it will pass. And by, by talking like that, he pushes interest rates up with that which had the desired effect of quelling demand. You know, we've already seen mortgage rates now above 6%. I saw in San Francisco, home prices are actually down 7% on a year-on-year basis. Remember, San Francisco, one of the most expensive real estate markets in the world, uh, a big beneficiary of the tech boom. They're seeing weakness there, and housing is the first thing that starts to roll over because it's the most interest rate-sensitive sector out there. I think we're going to have to argue about, is it a virtuoso performance because they had made a policy mistake, and now now there's no doubt he is talking tough. There's no doubt about that. And of course, that has to be something that they don't talk too much. They don't put us in a situation where they make another policy mistake, and that is by raising rates so high that it grinds the economy to a halt. But just one one other statistic that I want to put out here is the inflation makeup. As you say, there that shelter is 33% in the most interest-sensitive part of the basket. Food is 13%, energy is 9%, medical is 7%, and transportation is 6 So if you see the car prices start to come 
down, or food prices start to come down. You know, there's a couple of things that are in that basket, Derek. Energy and food are not. Right, and we have seen that. In fact, we we noted a few weeks ago that if the CPI were to stay at the, if inflation were to stay at the current levels, in other words, if prices were flat from now through year end, the CPI would be at 5% year on year, which is still above the Fed funds rate. And as you pointed out in a presentation a couple of weeks ago, the Fed has never stopped tightening until the Fed funds rate was higher than the CPI. So that's why we believe you really have to have a balanced approach in this environment. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer, Annex Wealth Management. Dave Spano, our President and CEO. We got them for the whole hour. Stick around. Folks, don't go alone. Team up with Annex Wealth Management as a fee-only fiduciary. Get things going. Visit our website. Click that Get Started button. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference. It's one team, one plan, one fee. Congratulations, you're getting an inheritance. But what are the possible ramifications? We're going to cover that next Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Comfort shows. You'd think with all the different shows streaming, you'd watch something different every night. Instead, the list of shows you plan to watch grows, but you're stuck re-watching Friends for the 48th time. Why do we do that? Because it's comfortable. It's the same for financial advice. You want financial advice? You could search Google or YouTube or Reddit and find options from experts of all stripes. Even then, we resort to behaviors that make us feel comfortable, even if that behavior is nothing. At Annex Wealth Management, we understand that during times like this, it's tempting to do nothing at all, but that means you're back to watching repeats again. It's time to change the channel. Take a look at where you are and where you're headed. Reevaluate your goals. Understand what you own and why. Put your plan through our rigorous financial analysis. Annex can help. AnnexWealth.com. Set up a time when we can talk. Know the difference and work with a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? It's a loss when somebody passes. But when they took the time to do things correctly with a well-constructed estate plan, it makes distribution of assets far easier. If you're on the list for some of those assets, there are right and wrong things to do. You also need to manage your expectations. Jill Martin is an estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management, and she's got experience with all of this. Hey, Jill, welcome back. Hi, Danny. How are you? Good. We're going to cover key aspects of inheriting money as well as covering the ramifications like taxes, the need to be patient, and the expectation there might be some surprises in store. It's a complicated thing, and a lot of times we talk about making sure you have an estate plan in place. But we see a lot of situations where now a parent passes away and you're inheriting that money. And it's kind of a, what do you do? What is the impact of all of this? How do I inherit this money? And those become really, really important conversations because if you do something wrong, it can really come back and bite you later. The first thing to really determine is what it is that you're inheriting. Cash investments, real estate, or IRAs, 401ks, does it matter? Well, it really does because there's different tax consequences associated with what are you inheriting. So if you're getting a 401k plan from a parent or a traditional IRA, you need to be worried about the tax consequences of that inheritance because it was tax deferred in your parents' hands. It's going to continue to be tax deferred in your hands until you actually take distributions out of that, which then you got to be prepared there's additional tax liability that you're going to have to pay and bear as a result of those distributions. That's going to be different, say, if you got just a life insurance policy or you inherited a CD or your name was on the bank account, right? Cash is just kind of cash, whereas investments and things like that could have income tax consequences. 
once someone passes away, let's really assess what are all the different moving pieces that are happening here. Am I inheriting mom's house? Am I a beneficiary of the retirement account? Is there cash in a bank account? And really thinking through all of those separate pieces individually and then make sure you talk with an advisor, your, your own certified financial planner, your own wealth advisor, so that you understand the ramifications on you for inheriting that, that type of an asset. One thing you can be sure of, there are tax ramifications to inheriting money. What's basis adjustment at death mean? That sounds complex. It's complex, but it's something that's built into the tax code that's there today. What happens is, let's say you're going to inherit the cabin up north. Your parents bought that thing for maybe $50,000 25 years ago. Now it's worth 400000 If your parents were to have sold that, there would have been capital gain for the difference between the fair market value and what they paid for it. Whereas basis adjustment at death means that the cost basis becomes the fair market value of the property as of the date of death. The basis becomes 400000 the fair market value is 400000 You as the heir sell it after death, no gain or loss. So basis adjustment basically wipes out any unrealized gain or loss that existed prior to someone's death. Next question when inheriting money, how are you inheriting it? And there's three ways. The first is outright. That's basically just, you know what? I leave everything to my three kids and they get their one third and they can do with it as they see fit. Next is jointly, and it's kind of what you talked about with, say, it's the family cabin. Right, where all of a sudden, guess what? We leave that cottage or that cabin to the three kids, and now all three of them jointly own it together, which means now they are co-owners of one piece of property, and they all need to get along and play nice with each other. Well, we've done a segment on that as well, and that doesn't always happen. And the third way is in a trust. So a lot of times people, as part of their estate plan, want to provide some level of asset protection, or they want to further control the inheritance that they leave for children or grandchildren. More on that in a bit, yes. So if you're inheriting money in a trust, what happens is is they your parents or whoever left you money has put some restrictions on how you get to use that money, which means it's not something that you can just throw into your bank account and spend like you want to. So that's where you're going to need some legal advice to understand your rights to that money. We see a lot of all of this at Annex Health Management. A couple of suggestions. First, don't spend it before you get it. Right. I mean, that's the big one. I've been in this area for a long time, and what happens is the process of settling someone's affairs takes time. So number one is, is after your loved one passes away, don't just assume that you're going to get a check in two to three weeks. It never happens that fast. As a beneficiary, the worst thing you can do is make a really rash decision, such as, I have a wealthy aunt, she passed away, I quit my job because I'm going to get a lot of money all of a sudden. Have you seen that? I have. Oh, okay. Second is be prepared for the tax ramifications. Got a story on that? Well, we do. And, you know, we see this a fair amount with people who are inheriting money that have never worked with a financial planner or done tax planning. If all of a sudden you're inheriting a $150,000 IRA from your dad, the last thing you want to do is say, just cut me a check. I need cash. Because that $150,000 is going to be completely taxable to you as ordinary income. And that means you're going to have a hefty tax bill. So that $150,000 might turn out to be more like ninety. dollars And the other one is be prepared to deal with your inheritance as part of a trust. And we talked about that a little bit. Right? Yeah. Um, again, that's where the person who left you money wants to control that money beyond 
their passing because they want to protect it for you, whether it's from divorce, creditors, just bad things in life that happen to people. And again, that's where you want to make sure you understand how you can get access to that money, but what was the purpose behind it? You don't want to necessarily end up like the trust fund babies that we hear about in Hollywood that are just living off of mom and dad's money and have never gotten their own job and career. You don't want to create that for your kids and for your legacy. So it's about making sure that you're instilling some family values and that money is just kind of a bonus or an emergency fund when they need it. Have a financial plan and as part of that financial plan and a state plan for sure. For sure. And then the other part of that is, is if you're inheriting money, that's a great time to start working with a financial planner so you understand the ramifications of that inheritance. Jill Martin, an estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. Have you been waiting on the sidelines for the right moment, the right headline, or the right insight to get serious about your financial plan? At Annex Wealth Management, we've learned that, unfortunately, there are no sidelines in financial planning. Doing nothing may shield you from immediate pain, but it could delay or deny your long-term retirement goals. As a fee-only fiduciary, our in-house team will work with you to create one comprehensive plan that focuses on you. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Time for Ask Annex. As always, got a question for us. You head to our website, look for the Ask button. Everybody gets an answer. Some wind up on the radio. Some folks want to stay anonymous, and that's cool. In the studio, Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Danny. And Randy Winkler, CFP and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Hi, Danny. Let's get going. We've got a bunch. Our first one, anonymous. What does the phrase liquidity mean? Well, liquidity means how quickly can an asset become cash or how quickly can you access the asset? For example, cash in a savings account is extremely liquid. But if you have money in a five-year CD, that would be considered illiquid. Are there different stages of liquidity? Yeah, so an investment is somewhat liquid, but you still need to sell it. It may not be the great time. It's going to have to be processed. Your house is not liquid. You couldn't say, hey, I need some cash. I'm going to sell my house and turn it around. So it's kind of a spectrum. Next up on Ask Annex is from James. I need to park proceeds from a house sale for about six months, but no longer. Any suggestions? Well, this is a great question following up on what we yeah. just talked about. You'd want to keep the money liquid. You're not going to get a great return in the bank, but that's the place for it. Savings or checking. Maybe under normal circumstances, I might say take a look at a CD, but the way interest rates are rising now, your savings account rate may go past what your CD is. You may be thinking you want return, but over this time period, liquidity is much more important. Kevin asks, is it possible to over-contribute to a 401k? Yes, it is possible. And unfortunately, it does happen on occasion. So I would suggest timely removing the excess contribution as well as any earnings attributed to the contribution before the tax filing deadline. And most custodians will make that calculation for you and remove from the 401k. Ask Annex, got a question? Head to our website, look for the Ask button. Next one is anonymous. My 401k is 25% in foreign funds. Too much right now? Well, that's a hard question to answer without knowing your complete financial picture. How does it fit in your financial plan? Is it in line with your risk tolerance? I would suggest meeting with your advisor and see if that type of allocation makes sense for your particular situation. Next up is Anonymous. 
I'm embarrassed to ask this. If I become a client of Annex, how do I receive my income from investments once I retire? Is it yearly, monthly? Does it come from various sources? This is a very good question, and I think this helps differentiate how Annex is different. As you're going through life, you go from accumulation mode to distribution mode. And a lot of people handle accumulation mode on their own because they enjoy investing in the whole process, but it becomes considerably more complicated when you get to distribution mode. So what we do is, first of all, we start with the financial plan. What's needed? How much is needed to be withdrawn from the plan, factoring in pensions and social security and any other incomes. Then we take a look at what account are we going to take this from. If we take it from an IRA, it's taxed as income. Take it from Roth, it's not taxed. Take it from a joint or an individual account, we pay capital gains taxes. Once we determine that mix, and it could be a combination of them, we're going to look at the underlying investments. You could take the money out monthly or yearly. I think most people take their retirement paycheck out monthly. We might take a look at it by working with our investment team and say, hey, what's up? You know, large cap growth is up this month. Okay, we're going to take the, the money from that that at this time. Next month, nope, it's not up again. We're going to take it from international developed markets. Following month, it might be from our fixed income portfolio. So we look at the financial plan as a whole, the types and taxation of the accounts, and then the investments underneath. Final question on Ask Annex, also anonymous. And again, you want to slide one in and not have us use your name. That's no problem at all. My son wants to pursue the FIRE movement. I think it's a horrible idea. Have you heard of people successfully doing it? Could you first, Randy, what's the FIRE movement? FIRE is financial independence, retire early. Generally, what it means is you aggressively save. I've seen 75 to 80% of income for a period of time, maybe 10 years, and then you retire very early, 30, 35, 40 years old. It can be done. You know, I've seen it done. I actually follow a number of bloggers that write about this. Uh, what I've found is interesting, and I think what this question might be referring to is what happens afterwards. So I've seen that a lot of these these guys and, and girls that are writing about their experience, they're sharing it, they're getting accountability from their audience, they're talking about their challenges. When they get there, there's this big, great, aha moment. I've got it. After that, there's now what? You reach a big goal and then you wonder what's next. So I'm finding that some of these writers, and you can find them online, they're, they're not as fulfilled, they're not finding it as interesting, they need a new challenge. A lot of them are going back to work volunteering, they're starting businesses. So it's a lot like people that get to retirement. It's just could be 10, 20, 30 years earlier. So I think you need to find a good mix between living completely for the future and getting out early or having some enjoyment now while still planning for retirement at some point in the future. Can we help you folks? We do investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning as a fee-only fiduciary. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference. Click that Get Started button. Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. You bet. And Randy Winkler, CFP and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Quick look at the mystery of annuities. We're going to be right back. 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. It's another team segment at Annex Wealth Management. Eric Strom, financial planning specialist at Annex. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. And Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Good to see you. And good to see you, Danny. 
We're going to talk about annuities, which can tend to confound and confuse many people, even though they can be useful in properly constructed retirement portfolios. So, Eric, let's start at the beginning. What exactly is an annuity? The original purpose of an annuity has been to provide a guaranteed income for your whole life. Annuities go back as far back as the Roman times. Back then, the more prosperous Romans would often buy what was called an annua. You would hand over a pot of money, and then once a year, you would receive a guaranteed income for as long as you live. But today, things are pretty different. Uh, The concept of an annuity is really adapted to modern uh, needs. And there are now investment vehicles that are incredibly complicated, some of them very expensive, that have guarantees. And things are a little different today, but it's a pretty interesting uh, landscape out there. It sounds good, right? So, Deanne, where do annuities pick up their, shall we say, checkered reputation? Well, here's the deal. They are an insurance product. That means there are commissions generated from them, from the sale of these products. And those commissions can actually be quite hefty. They're very confusing. They're layered. And a lot of times people just don't understand the reason behind having the annuity to begin with. What's that old saying? Annuities aren't bought, they're sold. That's exactly it. It's true that consumers aren't going out there looking for annuities. They're going out there looking for professional financial advice and they're often presented with annuities. And these can often be very, very complicated vehicles. And that's what we're here to help with. And they don't help their reputation, their own reputation, because they can be really complex. There are variable annuities that can come with a lot of different bells and whistles. For example, if someone buys one annuity in 2010 and then you buy the same exact product in 2011, it might be a completely different product. Uh, They change over time. They have lots of optional features. Oftentimes we see clients who have an annuity they bought seven or eight years ago. Uh, Maybe they don't have a a relationship with the person who sold it to them and the annuity is in set it and forget it mode. And that's where they really need that expert advice. Deanne, we do have plenty of clients. They come to us with annuities in their portfolios, brand new clients. And do you find that our clients understand what it is that they've got. They're familiar with the word annuity. And sometimes it, that can go back to their 403B or their 401k, so their company plan, where when they retire, they can be offered either a lump sum so they can take that money they've been contributing out, or the company can annuitize it or offer them an income stream. So they're familiar a little bit with, oh, yeah, I think I have this option in my retirement plan. But they're often frustrated because if they've gone to a traditional brokerage relationship, outside of their retirement, very often they are sold these. And sometimes they're sold them when the market goes crazy. And the the advisor may hear them being a little concerned about the market. So they say, well, I'll tell you what, this can lock in a potential guarantee income stream for you. I mean, we've had clients that have come to us. This one came to us. The same broker had sold her five different annuities over a handful of years. And the thing is, this was a woman who already was bringing in more income than she spent. So it created a tax problem, actually. This is where she came to me and she's like, oh my gosh, I, I I don't know why I have these. I don't know if there's anything I could do with them. Do I have to turn them all on? And the thing is, some of them had those, as Eric said, bells and whistles. Those are extra writers. And I think this is also confusing and frustrating to our clients. When you hear the word writer, you should actually think ching ching, because that's actually, you've spent money usually to purchase that writer. Maybe it's worth it. Maybe it's not. And that's where analysis comes into play. And that's really important. But the first question really you have to ask is, wait, why do I need these? And what do they do for me in my plan? 
Eric, we're looking at you and the financial planning team. So you've started an effort to help people with annuity analysis. What kind of things are you discovering? You can imagine we've seen a lot. So here are a few things that we've found. Number one, uh, your annuity might be much more expensive than you realize. Uh, Although I'll throw in the caveat that expensive is not always bad. On the surface, it seems like if my investment is expensive, that doesn't seem like a good thing. But oftentimes, a very, very expensive variable annuity, for example, might have really good guarantees that, that you depend on. We may recommend that you keep the annuity for those. But in many cases, folks might not need those guarantees, And in which case we very frequently meet clients who are paying three, three and a half percent or more in annual fees for benefits that they don't even really need. So it's very important that uh, if your annuity is expensive, that you know how it's working and make sure that you actually need that benefit. Another thing we often see are annuities that have very limited investment options, and those investment options are oftentimes super expensive. So you might have a variable annuity that has 15 investment options, and they're going to limit you on how much you can invest in equities, and those investment options, you kind of look under the hood at how much they cost, and you go, wow, this annuity is already pretty expensive, and you add this cost on top of it. When we start looking under the hood at these annuities, you really can find um, some of these details that you got to make sure you understand them. So that annuity analysis, that's good stuff. Eric Strom, financial planning specialist at Annex, part of the financial planning team at Annex, and a great source of annuity knowledge. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having me. And Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP and CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks to you as well. Hey, thanks for having me. Life is full of twists and turns. We all walk different paths. Not one of your friends and neighbors has your story. So it makes sense that your investment and retirement planning isn't the same as theirs. It's personal. At Annex Wealth Management, we get it. The Annex way is to meet you where you're at. That's the best place to start. Seasoned investor, careful saver, or do-it-yourselfer ready to tidy up loose ends. It doesn't matter as long as you're ready for comprehensive wealth management from the fee-only fiduciaries at Annex. And if you're simply stuck and maybe a little frozen over market turbulence and not sure what to do next, visit AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. From there, our team works on your personal wealth metric with a deep dive on investment, retirement, and tax planning. No sales gimmicks, no commissions, just guidance on what's next for you, your family, and your situation. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. Start today at AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, Robert Chastain, Branch Director and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management in Southwest Florida. Hey, Robert, welcome back. Oh, thank you, Danny. Well, folks, if 2022 or 2023 was when you planned on retiring and things got a little weird, inflation, volatility, the war in Ukraine, did your plan go out the window? Without rock-solid planning, maybe it did, and that's what we're going to talk about. Robert, are you feeling this? Are you sensing this? Are you starting to read more about this, where people are delaying retirement because of tough markets? That's kind of unfortunate if they do. For sure, Danny, it is. And not only am I reading about it, I'm seeing about it, meeting with clients in person. And here's one point that I'd really like to make. If your retirement is based on eight, nine months of market action, maybe a lack of planning or preparation has gone on and it wasn't the right time for you to retire. So maybe you should work a little bit longer. But if you have done a lot of the proper planning and if your plan says that you can still retire, that you will have enough funds, then you can go ahead and retire. The market has ebb and flows every single cycle and this is a cycle we've been in an up cycle for the last four five six years we had the covid 
correction, which was pretty short-lived, and now we're seeing another correction this year. In general, the market recoveries are undefeated. There you go. Let's say people are going to forge ahead. Using the old bucket strategy with funds set aside for a couple of years, is that the way to go? Is that how things get structured? Well, it might be the way to go for some people, and it may not for others. Everybody is so individualized that we have to look at you from top to bottom and see what really is the best way for you to retire, how to use your funds, the most tax-advantageous way to withdraw your funds. So that's really kind of a trick question, Danny, and we need to look at everybody from a complete financial snapshot. Yeah, for sure. It's not one-size-fits-all. Each of our clients' portfolios and plans are completely different because everybody is completely different. Robert Chastain, Branch Director and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management in Southwest Florida. Retiring during downside cycles. It can be done, folks. The next suggestion is strategize, but do not stress. Great point. If you're looking at your account balances on a daily basis, it is really the wrong thing to do. And and we've talked about this before. You don't take your blood pressure 40 times a day. Don't look at your assets three, four, five, six times a day, maybe weekly, maybe monthly. If something is way out of whack, talk to your advisor, look at your plan, then make adjustments. But you cannot, on a daily basis, coming in, going in, going out, going in, going out, it'll drive yourself crazy. And it'll probably, the anxiety level, you won't be enjoying your retirement anyway. No, and, and that's not the plan. The plan is for you to have a great retirement. It sure is. If a one, two, three day event in the market is going to prevent you from retiring, then somebody's made some mistakes or your criteria for retiring was not good. So, and folks, really the bottom line, in all cases, your circumstances should determine your plan. And and you know what? I just thought of something, Danny. I'm going to ask all the other wealth managers if they've had clients that have had to go back to work. We have a group meeting on Monday, and I'm going to ask them that because everybody's plan is really unique to them. That criteria that fits you isn't going to fit somebody else. Hopefully, you're not on the ragged edge where a year or six, eight months that we've seen a pullback this year is going to prevent you from retiring. It shouldn't. And if it is, then a lack of planning has happened. Sure. And if you have retired and maybe you're thinking about going back to work and you're wondering about Social Security, we've got a segment coming up in a couple of minutes that will cover that. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning, that's what we do as a fee-only fiduciary. We ask you to know the difference. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Robert Chastain, Branch Director, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Danny. It is Sunday. It is September 11th. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. 92.5 Fox News. How will tax increases in the Inflation Reduction Act affect your investment and retirement goals? It's time to reevaluate your plan. The Annex Wealth Management Team has reviewed the new law and is ready to give your plan an independent review. No products to push on you, just serious planning. The in-house Annex Team creates comprehensive plans that play out hundreds of possible scenarios, including sky-high inflation, lifestyle changes, and additional taxes. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. 
Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, joined by Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, Danny. Retirement Plan Services, what's that? Well, as you know, lots of ways to answer that question, and so we're going to get into that here today. Yeah, you see what I did there. I asked what's that, and that's what we're going to talk about. What's that is a series that you, Tom Parks, have done for a while now, right? Yeah, we started doing this back in 2018 kind of happened by accident. Someone asked me a question about the Employee Retirement Income Security Act, and I get that question often enough that I decided to just do a video that answers the question, and then it kind of blossomed from there. Regular listeners of our shows know I'm not afraid to ask what might be a dumb question, and if you're seeking knowledge, it might not be a dumb question. During weekend review segments, which are really popular with Dave Spano and Derek Felsky, they get pretty deep, and every once in a while I need to raise my hand for clarification, and it seems that the What's That series is built on that same platform. Absolutely, Danny, and there are a lot of terms that we use that are just natural to us in our daily life that I think we make the mistake of breezing over and not realizing that every once in a while, give a little real basic summation of, of what some of the ingredients of our discussions are is, is, is helpful. In your world of retirement plan services and 401ks, there's plenty of jargon. What's that that series is less about jargon, it's more about terms. Really, that's true. Every once in a while, there's a jargon thing that comes in there. But for the most part, I mean, we talk about things like, what is a bond? That's one of the more popular ones that that we've done. Target date funds, mutual funds, stocks, all that stuff. Again, back to the basic ingredients of things that are included, not only in retirement plans. Uh, that's where it all started. But as you know, as everything here grows into, uh, people started asking questions and we started answering them. So we try to keep it basic and fun. To find Tom's What's That series, you got to head to AnnexWealth.com. Look for the blog section, and that's where What's That lives. Great series, really for everybody. Let's talk about a couple of those. One that was really relevant is What's a Basis Point? And that's a good one because with interest rates changing, the phrase basis point, it gets tossed around a lot. It's really a more precise way of breaking down a percentage. Yeah, everything that we talk about in our industry comes down to percentages and oftentimes fractions of percentages. And that's where basis points comes in. Actually, that is our most watched What's That video of all of them on there. And I think it's because it's a term, again, that people in our industry use. It's so natural to us, but it's not something that most people are accustomed to to talking about on a daily basis. I saw another one that popped up recently, actually from 2020. And interesting, it was about forbearance. How did that happen? Well, that came up actually as part of a conversation I was having with client, you know, when they were going through all the stuff with COVID and there was the postponement of student loans and forbearance and all that. And I actually needed to look into it to myself because I didn't totally understand exactly how forbearance worked and how it applied. So um, that grew out of a client conversation and I actually got some education myself in the process. Physician, heal thyself, right? <laughs> right. That's right. What's that is another example of the type of education that we offer at Annex Wealth Management. And that's something we bring to our retirement plan services clients as well. Financial education is better for everybody. And I know you and the team are in front of a lot of employees at a lot of companies that we work with. When it comes to 401ks, what are the what's that questions that you get? Yeah, target date funds are a big one. And then here's the other thing is sometimes it's questions that the employees of the companies ask. Other times it's questions that the HR directors and and CFOs ask. So I actually address both of those as we go through this process. That makes sense. You've got a couple of different constituencies, right? You've got the people that are deciding to put the plan in place and work with Annex Wealth Management. And then you've got the people that are working. 
Yeah. And all of this stuff, like you said, education is really big for us. And what we try to do is make it useful for one thing. We actually want to answer the question that people have, but we also want to make it relatable and fun. And we get, I hear from a lot of people that, oh, you know, our old advisor used to come and talk over the heads of our employees. And we don't want to do that. I mean, for one thing, it doesn't accomplish anything. Um, And it's also, you don't want to make people feel bad for asking reasonable questions. So it's a big part of our overall engagement strategy and education. So target date funds was one. What's What's another? A qualified default investment alternative uh, is what? one, <laughs> yeah. um, but mutual funds themselves, collective investment trusts, these are all things that are in retirement plans. You talk Roth versus pre-tax. We get into a lot of different details and we break them down. Uh, mutual fund share classes, things like that are things that are important for people to know. It's hard to cover all of them in one meeting. So the little bite-sized what's that's, you can pick and choose which one you want to hear along the way. I really like that people are digging that deeply into their plans and seeing terms that they're not familiar with and then asking those questions. That's important. We love it when people ask us questions. I always tell people the last thing we want to hear when you call is, hey, I'm really sorry to bother you, but it's no bother at all. Please call because it leads to things like this, which has turned out to be a pretty popular segment on our YouTube channel. Yeah, it's what we do. And we've said it before, and we're going to say it again. Benefits really matter. How does the retirement plan service team at Annex provide value for the company owners, the CFOs, and the HR professionals we talked about earlier? Well, you alluded to this earlier, where there are two major constituents. There are the employees of the company who And all benefits are ultimately aimed for. And then the people who are in charge of administering them and making sure that they're keeping up to date with industry and legislative development. So our team is blessed to have a lot of good, talented people on it. And we work with both of those groups. And we do have a separate approach for each that is way too long to get into today. But we update it, and it's very deliberate. And everybody's got to be active because it never stays in the same place. No, it does not. And, you know, (laughs) we can see, you know, markets are volatile, legislation changes, industries develop. So there's always something to keep an eye on. Somebody's looking for some help. How do they get you? Check us out at AnnexWealth.com. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. Have you been waiting on the sidelines for the right moment, the right headline, or the right insight to get serious about your financial plan? At Annex Wealth Management, we've learned that, unfortunately, there are no sidelines in financial planning. Doing nothing may shield you from immediate pain, but it could delay or deny your long-term retirement goals. As a fee-only fiduciary, our in-house team will work with you to create one comprehensive plan that focuses on you. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. When COVID hit and the world changed, a number of people weighed their options and decided to retire early. For many, it worked out. For some, not so much, because as time went by and perhaps as reality and inflation set in, the decision was made to return to work. But what did that period of quote-unquote retirement do to their Social Security? That's what we're going to discuss with Eric Strom, financial planning manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Eric. Hi, Danny. So we got a best-case scenario and we got a second best case scenario. I'm going to guess that those who never filed for Social Security when they did their temporary retirement, they'd be the least impacted. In fact, not at all. Yeah, that's right. Not only would there be no negative impact, but in fact, returning to work could potentially positively impact their benefit. Because remember, Danny, benefits are calculated by your highest 35 years of earnings. So if you're replacing some of those $0 years with actual work years, that could potentially increase uh, your benefit. And in addition to that, 
if you have not yet taken your social security, then that gives you the chance to meet with a financial planner to potentially optimize the strategy, especially if you're married, that can have a big impact. So if somebody took six months or a year off, you're still looking for the highest, right? So it wouldn't impact it so much. Exactly, because that social security is calculated with the highest 35 years of earnings. So going back to work could help your benefit get even higher. Okay, now, if somebody retired and they began taking social security, what are their options for returning to work? Well, if someone has not yet reached their full retirement age, which is typically between age 66 and 67, unless you actually undo your benefit, there's something, Danny, called the earnings test. And in 2022, every dollar that you earn above $19,560, for every $2 above that, Social Security actually gets reduced by $1. So you actually can potentially lose some of your Social Security benefits if you earn too much when you're under that full retirement age. But if you receive benefits, you don't have to pay those back? or the, what, what, how does what that happens? Work? Yeah, the way it works is you do your taxes, and then a little bit later, if you earned too much, you're going to get a letter in the mail saying your Social Security check is stopping. And they're going to stop it for long enough to recoup all the money that you lost to the earnings test. Okay. You mentioned full retirement age. How does it work then? Yes. So at that point, the earnings test actually goes away. So once you reach that full retirement age, you can earn as much as you want and you won't trigger that earnings test. However, the taxation of your social security depends on your other income. So going back to work could potentially increase the amount of social security that's subject to income tax. And that is your second best scenario. That's right. Okay. Eric Strom, financial planning manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management, talking about early retirees and the impact on Social Security if they return to work. That phrase, lose benefits, come into play. That, that sounds scary. It does sound scary. We were talking about triggering that earnings test and actually losing benefits. But here's the good news. You don't lose it forever. If you actually end up triggering the earnings test, it can be a shock because suddenly that check will stop. However, when you reach that full retirement age, they actually pay that money back to you in the form of a slightly higher benefit every month moving forward. So the money is not lost forever. It's just delayed. Talking about Social Security, slightly off topic. I think I know the answer, but with our clients, is there a standard age that they begin to take Social Security? Or is that a, well, it depends. It does depend. Look nationwide. One out of every three Americans are taking their Social Security right at age 62. The next most common time that people take their benefit is right at that full retirement age. Now, when it comes to clients of Annex Wealth Management, it's a little more complicated because we're oftentimes doing a complex distribution tax and Social Security strategy. So it's very important to look under the hood a little bit and consider the details and come up with a strategy of when you want to take Social Security and why. Don't want to share any secret sauce, but is that optimization and that's what we do for our clients? Yes. We actually have social security specialists on staff that, believe it or not, Danny, there are courses that you can take on social security. So we have CFPs here at Annex who have gone through, believe it or not, these classes just specifically about social security, which is pretty complicated. We also use two different software planning packages that have 
pretty charts and they calculate break-even analysis. And then we meld that into a client's financial plan to make the ultimate decision. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the good news. You don't have to take that course. We've got people that love doing things like that. We really do love it. (laughs) For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start that wealth metric process. Eric Strom is financial planning manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Always appreciate your insight. Thank you, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Quick break. We're going to be back to wrap things up with Dave Spano and Derek Felsky, 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. We're back. Quick reminder, this show will be available on demand at the top of the hour at the Annex Wealth Management Spotify channel, so you can check everything out. Connect with us. We're on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And while you're on our website, sign up for the Axiom, which is the free weekly newsletter. You don't have to be a client for that. Again, that's Annex Wealth. I'm Danny Clayton, Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer in the studio. Dave Spano is our President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, Danny. You know, Derek uh, made a comment earlier in the show about balanced portfolio. And there's things that you can do, folks, when you're building a portfolio, especially given the backdrop we have with inflation and the Fed and, of course, a world unrest. And so you go back and say, how do I do that? Well, there's sectors that you can invest in, and then there's ideas. For example, defensive strategies in a portfolio could be utilities, it could be staples, it could be energy. And right now, they have garnered a lot of attention. Right. I mean, we've seen in the staple sector, for example, Kroger last week reported a very good quarter. They're obviously been able to pass along price increases to their, their customers. We've seen Walmart start to rebound to another company that did very well during 08 and 09 when people uh, shifted their consumption patterns to lower price goods. Uh, then within utilities, of course, uh, the demand is fairly consistent. Pricing is, is reasonably good. You can basically cost plus inflation. So another sector that tends to hold up well when markets are under pressure. Uh, the other thing that's interesting to me about the S&P, too, is, you know, the, the bear case really is that earnings estimates remain too high and therefore the multiple that we're paying on stocks is much higher than people perceive. But the reality is if you take out energy, you've seen very dramatic earnings estimate, negative earnings estimate revisions and things like consumer cyclicals and, and basic materials and other areas. So there has been a, a decrease in S&P earnings. It's just been masked by the extraordinary profits generated by oil companies. And if you look at that sector, the energy sector certainly has done well and perhaps can continue to do well. We saw what's happening with energy price caps, and the Russians have said if those go in, they're going to shut down Europe altogether. And, and Europe gets about 40% of their natural gas from Russia. So it would be a significant effect. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's another reason why you don't want to have a static allocation equities between U.S. and international stocks, because ultimately, if the facts change, you have to change your opinion. And what we decided as a committee a while ago was to reduce our exposure overseas, not because we didn't understand that U.S. markets were more expensive than international or that the currency may ultimately turn 
more favorably for overseas investing. It was simply the economic fundamentals that face Europe right now are very challenging and they could get dramatically worse as winter approaches. And you talk about inflation, for example, in the UK, of you're telling us 17%, Germany 30% plus. I mean, those are absolutely stunning numbers. So you put together a portfolio and you think about what are inflation hedges, for example. Tangible assets in the past have been in inflation hedge, things like gold and privately held real estate, for example, and perhaps even non-gold commodities have been good inflation hedges. Right now, Derek, what is offering us an opportunity, shockingly, is fixed income. Right. I mean, Todd Voigt was pointing out in our investment meeting on Tuesday that, you know, the the short-term paper and just corporate bonds in general are offering yields that are actually fairly attractive. And I know that those of you out there who have a 60-40 portfolio, when you're looking at that fixed income piece and knowing it's down for the year, well, just because it's down for the year doesn't necessarily mean it's not a good opportunity going forward. And if you missed out or you managed to avoid the increase in interest rates and the negative effect that had on your fixed income securities, now would be a pretty good time to look because, ultimately, we do believe inflation will come down to more normal levels in the 2 to 3% range, then you're going to get to generate a real return from those fixed income securities. And even, But even if they don't get to 2 or 3, they're going to come down from the peaks that they've had, somewhere between where they're trading, perhaps if we had peak inflation, to the Fed's target, somewhere in between there. And that means, folks, you need to go through that portfolio. If you're doing this by yourself, now is the time to come in and talk to us and go through your portfolio and make sure that it's allocated in the right way, that you have a financial plan, that the taxes make sense, and of course that you have an estate plan. Dave Swano, how long have we been doing shows together? I think eight years. Yeah, but we've been uh, doing this show, as you know, right. 20 years. So I am both an employee, but I'm also a client of Annex. I've finally gone through the process. Maybe I can share the story next week. Well, that'd week. be great. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah, good. It really was. I'm excited about it. Do something today that will have an impact for years to come. Take just a couple of minutes. Fill out that contact form on our website with the Get Started button. Let's move forward together. AnnexWealth.com. Folks, we'll see you back here next Sunday, noon, Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.